Welcome to an exclusive podcast brought to you by VJ Oncology, an open access video journal that provides healthcare professionals with trusted and up-to-date information in oncology. Today, we hear from three cancer nursing leaders who will speak about the evolution of nursing roles following the global COVID-19 pandemic, including insights on key challenges, the development of decentralized population-based medicine, and the role of healthcare providers in public policy making. First, we will hear from Patsy Yates from Queensland University of Technology, Brisbane, Australia, speaking on challenges experienced during the pandemic and positive initiatives that have arisen as a result. Like all nurses, it's been a, um, a really challenging time um, in that, um, you know, we at the front line of care and um, in the context of cancer, it's we've, we've already got a vulnerable group of patients who um, who are potentially been at greater risk um, of um, of exposure to COVID. Um, so it involved for us um, a lot of um, education, a lot of support, a lot of dealing with um, patients who were um, had levels of anxiety um, that um, that we that really needed greater um, support and attention. But I think um, and so there was you know nurses have played such a critical role because we're at that sort of um, working with patients that we can help allay such anxieties, we can give information, we can clarify misconceptions. So I think we've played a really important role for patients um, who've um, been undergoing treatment and supporting them through treatment. But also, though, I think that one of the challenges we've faced is, um, you know, patients who've been perhaps um, reluctant to maybe um, come to for screening um, and they've delayed screening, they've delayed visiting um, for their regular health checks. And so I know that um, some of our members have done a lot of work at again, community education and really still trying to encourage patients and, and, and working with families to recognise that, you know, you can't, you can't these, these are still important um, um, health checks that one needs to have. So we've had members who really had to um, change the way in which they approach, approach that education to help um, support families um, to manage that then understand the importance of, of, of looking after their health. Um, I think in many of our countries too, we've like across the healthcare sector and cancer hasn't been unique here, but we have um, absolutely had to embrace virtual care and different models of delivery. And so, you know, we are very fortunate that um, you know, that technology has enabled us to both provide that patient support, but also, um, and to, but in, in some countries, there's some amazing models of where we're actually also doing, um, able to provide sort of tele-oncology type sort of consultations and services. And so, so there's been many, many changes that to our practice, but probably one of the other things that I, I need to, note here is that the impact on nurses themselves and um, the working environment and how much this has affected um, uh, nurses and and I think that it's the pressures, the workloads, the stresses that they have had to face, I think is something that we really will need to pay attention to as we come out of the pandemic. 
Next, Sarah Hargreaves of the University of Sheffield in the UK discusses findings from a survey on the impact of COVID-19 on lung cancer and mesothelioma nurses. I'm very excited to be presenting the COVID impact survey. So the, yeah, the survey was commissioned to explore the impact of the pandemic from January 2021. So it sort of followed on from an earlier survey by Lung Cancer Nursing UK. And uh, it was also funded by Lung Cancer Nursing UK. And the survey has been designed to explore from the perspective of uh, lung cancer and mesothelioma specialists and advanced practice nurses, the impact of COVID-19 on ways of working and workload, the quality of care that they provide and on health and well-being of nurses. So we've had uh, quite a really good response to the survey. We've had 85 responses. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to telling you all about the survey next Thursday. It's uh, evident really that uh, there's been massive changes in ways of working as a result of the pandemic. So there's been uh, more people working from home, there's people being redeployed or volunteering in different services and that's led to staff having to cover. And there's also just been massive changes in the workload because of the impact on patients of uh, uh, delayed services and difficulty accessing services and that's led to a greater workload of nurses have providing emotional and psychological support and, and nurses have told us that uh, patients are more anxious and they need more support and then of course there's been the massive move to virtual working and um, that's that's been a, a big step and nurses have embraced that but there's also a big theme in the survey has been about the impact of that and concern that it could have a negative impact and that there's really no substitute for face-to-face um, interaction to pick up sort of the nuances and build those therapeutic relationships so that that's been a big concern also the survey looked at um, quality of care and because of the covid um, pandemic there has been impacts around that and nurses have maybe not felt that they've been able to provide the same quality of care because of the move to virtual working, because they felt under pressure, because of colleagues being redeployed, and also because of COVID practices where the access to a specialist nurse hasn't been as readily available. Um, so that's had a big impact on all patients and it, it's been massive disruption. Also, I suppose what's also impacted on nurses is um, the access to healthcare. So a lot of people responded to the survey reported that people that um, patients haven't been able to access their GP in the same way so that's sort of rebounded on nurses as well. The survey also asked about the impact of the pandemic on nurses well-being and this question looked across the whole of the pandemic since March 2020 and we can see from the responses that there's been a big negative impact on emotional well-being and mental health and there's also been an impact on physical health and well-being but um, we also see positive impacts. There's been amazing team support and team working. Uh, there's been collaborative working and there's also been innovation where it, the pandemic's given people the opportunity to look at services, review things and make improvements. So there's been examples of new nurse-led clinics allowing a more holistic follow-up, uh, wonderful examples of collaborative working and teamwork. So all those things are really positive. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, in terms of the sort of main messages 
from from the survey, I would say that um, the pandemic's had a significant impact on working and workload and on physical and mental health in nurses. Patient pathways have been negatively impacted and there's also been strong concerns about the move towards virtual working and the lack of face-to-face interaction. But whilst there's been hardship, there's been also evidence of resilience, of innovation and of incredible team working. So what we're going to be doing is working with Lung Cancer Nursing UK and Mesophilioma UK to develop recommendations. So we'll be looking for strategies to further develop innovations, resilience, team working that have helped support nurses and patients throughout the pandemic. Finally, Stella Aguinaga-Bialos from the University of California, San Francisco School of Nursing advocates for the nursing community to embrace their potential influence on public health policy. I think nursing nurses and nursing organizations uh, always impact public health. We are the largest group of healthcare professionals globally uh, and in just about any country. So it's really hard to imagine any policy existing without a nurse being involved at a minimum in implementing it. And our point is that if you are at the tail end of implementing these policies that impact your patients or impact your communities, you should be upstream in the development of these policies and really reflecting the experience, uh, both of the nursing practice, but also of the patients and the communities you're serving. So I think nurses, um, you know, need to, and in, in general, you will be surprised by how often nursing and nursing organizations and nursing organizations are involved in public health policy, but they don't always get the acknowledgement or recognition. You know, so sometimes it's a little indirect. Sometimes uh, they it's not known that somebody is a nurse. You know, so I think that creating that identity is very important. But um, it, I, I can't imagine any public health policy that could not be positively impacted by including nurses. And so, um, you know, take your pick, all of them, really. Uh, and, and I think that nurses need to be at all levels perhaps better socialize to really feel comfortable in that role, to feel like they not only that they have a seat at the table, but they have a voice and they have something to say. So it's not enough to be in the room, but you have to be in the room with a message. And that message usually is about, uh, again, improving uh, patient and community care at some point. Um, so that I know is very generic, but I, I just you know really think that um, uh, some of the ways in which <clears throat> nurses are engaged, which is sort of your next question, is you know they can do press releases, they can do position statements, they can do letters to the editors, they can come and speak in public hearings. Um, so there are all kinds of different ways in which nurses can participate in the policy process. They don't have to be policymakers, any nurse can participate um, in the policy process at a minimal, like by having an opinion about a certain policy and whether or not they think that would um, be uh, favored to their patients and communities. Um, so, but when we talk about developing our health policy statements, we look at things that are, well, one, relevant, uh, you know, of importance. We look at things of our significance. So they're relevant, they are significance, they make an impact. They are directly related to nursing 
either a research education practice of all of the above. And, um, but most of the challenges, I think, when it comes to dissemination implementation is as a global group, ISNCC developed this, you know, principles and, and aspirations and ideas and things that we think should happen. But that has to trickle down to the country and sometimes even to the institutional level to actually be implemented. And so implementation really happens at, at the local level, um, national, or like I said, sometimes even just institutional level. And I think dissemination, we need to be careful that we don't confuse distribution with dissemination. Just putting on a website and saying it's there, that's distribution. Dissemination is really helping people understand how these position statements are tools to advance a policy agenda. You know, they are to be used. They are to be, um, they, they only exist if somebody uses them. Otherwise, they are a link on a website. And I think some of the challenges um, are overcoming perhaps some of nurses' hesitancy to involve themselves in policy and providing enough you know, mentorship and support for nurses to feel confident in using those tools, which many, many are. Yeah. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this unique insight from the nursing community. If you have found this podcast useful, please leave a review and subscribe on your podcast app, including Apple, Spotify, and Podbean, so we can continue to deliver expert-led content to you. Follow us on Twitter at VJ Oncology and join in the conversation. And finally, don't forget to visit vjoncology.com for all the latest updates.